I'm your host, Annie Bowles, and this is News Du Jour. Hey everyone, and happy Monday. Welcome back to the News Du Jour. I wanted to remind you guys today that we want to keep this podcast ad-free, and we want you guys to be our focus and making phenomenal content for you that you get value from. So if you get value from us and would like to see us stay ad-free and keep growing, please consider becoming a sponsor of this podcast. We only accept small donations, 99 cents, 4.99 or 9.99. You can click at the link at the bottom of our show notes to become a patron today. And a shout out real quick to all of our current patrons. You guys make this show possible. We can't thank you enough and we hope you enjoy this calmer space to consume the news. Thanks for making it possible for everyone else. So for our first story today, which actually will be most of this episode, we are discussing Israel striking again. And obviously, this story does involve violence, but it'll be a minute before we get there. So while we're on this topic, I wanted to dive back into the start of this most recent conflict between Israel and Palestine, because new information has become available since we initially covered this story. If you remember, we talked about Ramadan and its proceedings being interrupted by Israeli military members, spraying down crowds with stinky water and peppering them with rubber bullets. Remember? Well, that's definitely what went down. But as with everything with this conflict, it was not quite that simple. And you're probably wondering why the Israeli military decided to start the crowd control in the first place. And I was too. But there just wasn't a lot of detail available on that yet, as the violence had escalated so quickly into much more violent acts through the airstrikes. And now I'm basically going to back up and go through all of the details that basically led up to the pepper spray, the rubber bullets that we discussed. It all started with a speech that the Israeli president was going to make nearby a mosque where crowds were gathering for Ramadan. If you didn't know, mosques are often broadcasting prayers over loudspeakers. This is a super common practice. But with the president making a speech nearby, the Israeli government asked the mosque leadership not to broadcast prayers 
during the time of the speech. But the mosque leadership understandably was a little offended that they were asking them to change their religious practice for a political event. So they refused and said they would broadcast their prayers as scheduled for the religious holiday. So reportedly, and I emphasize that this was just reported by the mosque leadership, the speakers were found unplugged and some even smashed at the mosque after they refused this request. This action came right on the heels of six Palestinian families being expelled from their homes recently, which was already causing a lot of tension between the two nations. And then the Israeli police opted to close a popular nearby plaza where young Palestinians like to hang out. And this was likely in an effort to prevent um, any sort of clashes and whatnot. This added insult to injury, though, a third time. First, it was the evictions. Then it was, you know, the deal with the mosque and the speakers And then now they closed this plaza that was relevant to the proceedings of Ramadan and to everyday life. So all of this led to protesting um, on the Palestinian side of things. And that led to the stinky water and the rubber bullets that we discussed last week. Many believe that Benjamin Netanyahu, the president of Israel, often stokes the flames of violence and tension in order to maintain political power. I've heard that for a long time. And I have to say, holding his speech that close to a mosque during Ramadan, asking them not to say their prayers over the speakers and then unplugging their speakers close to a popular Palestinian square and closing it, well, it certainly fits in with that narrative of provocation. And when Palestine responded with protests, not violence, he took that as an opening to escalate things further. And they're still escalating things. Israeli airstrikes have now hit a very prominent high-rise building that contained media outlets such as the Associated Press and Al Jazeera. This is significant for a number of reasons. Let's walk through them. Number one, it's a huge building. So it's significant just because it was a giant building that they demolished. But number two... Taking out the press, Mm, that is likely a strategic move and not a random one. It cuts off communication and reporting to the outside world about the conflict, and it may even serve to suppress information that the AP had about the Israeli government that maybe they didn't want to get out. It's possible someone was writing something unfavorable that they didn't want to see the light of day. That happens in politics. But number three, that building also housed military assets supposedly belonging to Hamas, the Palestinian militia group. Israel definitely seems to be using this moment to strike Hamas down as they already took out many of their leaders right off the bat. But I will say I read an Associated Press article about 
this exact incident. And they said that they were not aware of anything related to Hamas in the building because they would not want to put their journalists at risk by housing their offices in a Hamas related building you know that kind of puts a target on their back and so the AP kind of denies that there's anything related to Hamas in that building. Gary Pruitt the chief executive of the Associated Press tweeted that they are looking for answers from the Israeli government about the loss of their offices. According to reporting from the New York Times 139 people have been killed in the Israeli airstrikes, 39 of them having been children, and over a thousand more have been injured. Thousands of people have left their homes in Gaza in an attempt to seek shelter. It's estimated about 10,000. On the flip side, in Israel, only about seven people have been killed, one of them being a five-year-old child. It's important to remember that people's homes, livelihoods, and belongings are also being destroyed right now. I cannot imagine the pain they are going through. The UN Security Council met yesterday on this subject, but the United States, Egypt, and Qatar have all been attempting to broker peace and quell the tension. Both Hamas and the Israeli government have said that they are open to discussing peace, and yet Israel continues to carry out these airstrikes in the meantime. Let's pray for leadership during this time of war and new solutions to this decades-long problem. And for our last little story today, I just wanted to give you guys an update on the Colonial Pipeline, you know, the one that got hacked by online hackers. Well, it's back up and running. If you didn't catch that story, we covered it last week. I believe it was Friday, but maybe Thursday. So definitely head back and listen to that episode because it was super crazy. Um, But it resumed full operation as of Saturday, but... It will take a few days for supply amounts to return to normal. But at least help is on the way. Things are getting back to normal. Let's hope that these hackers stay away for the time being until we can get some better systems in place for preventing and dealing with these attacks. And that is the news du jour. Today, I wanted to leave you with the quote, when things get too complicated, sometimes it makes sense to stop and wonder, have I yet asked the right question? If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you use to listen. A rate and review on Apple Podcasts would mean the world to us and really help us be able to keep creating the news du jour for free for you guys. You can also follow us on social media under sugarfreemedia.co on Instagram, sugarfree underscore media on Twitter, and just sugarfreemedia, all one word, on TikTok. You can also subscribe to emails on our blog so that you get an alert every time we have a new post or an announcement. And that's at www.sugarfreemedia.co.
sugarfreemedia.co. Again, that's sugarfreemedia.co. Our music is by Joey Lavoie and Nicholas Foster. Our cover art is by Hannah Pierce Photography. Our Sugar Free Media logo is by Catherine Jezik Designs. We appreciate you listening and look forward to telling you about the news again next time on News Du Jour. Broadcasting from Oh